You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, who have been telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online at OklahomaHOF.com and then definitely follow them on Instagram for all the information that you need because I'm sure that's where you follow us as well, at Oklahoma HOF. Let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hoon here, your host, back with another episode down at Bedford's Camera. Today, they've graciously taken care of me again and again and again and again. Uh, Christian and the team set up this awesome, if you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, or whatever, this awesome setup, uh, it's them, it's not me. So go follow Bedford's Camera and buy cool stuff from down here. My guest today is a good friend. It's been a while. She has her own podcast, which I'm sure we'll get into, but Saba Khan is on the podcast. Hi, guys. <laughs> I'm excited. This is good. It's been I'm a while. I'm very excited, very right? nervous. This is my first feature, which is crazy. I think that's why I'm nervous, because I always have people on our podcast, yeah. and I'm fully prepared, but I have no <sighs> idea what to expect. No, it's fine. Uh, so, yeah, I think... The first time I actually met you, I probably freaked you out because I'd known Nick and I, we were like walking through Walmart at the start of COVID. I think so. And you were like, you know, when, you know, for those listening, when Walmart started with COVID, they put what lines on the on the yeah. aisles so you could only walk down certain aisles. And I just walked like straight towards you. And Nick wasn't <laughs> looking, and Nick's like, uh, "Oh, Mike, what's happening?" You're like, "Who is this?" I was like, "This guy's guy, walking like, very fast towards yeah, us. Like, what who is, is happening?" This guy? <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously, Nick, we met through Nick, your boyfriend, who does drone boys and a bunch of other cool stuff. Um, those people listening and watching probably have seen some of the pictures I posted and did a crazy trip around the States this year with Hunter. But uh, for everyone listening, uh, I guess, you know, who are you? What do you do? And and why do you live in Oklahoma? Uh, what a question. Okay. So, so I, I guess I'll just start from the beginning. I was born in Pakistan mm-hmm. and I moved to America when I was four. Um, we moved to Virginia and then shortly after we came to Oklahoma yeah. and my family's just kind of, uh, so my family consists of my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, my brother lives in Ireland with his wife and kids and my sister lives in New York Yeah. and they're just living the dream. And then me and my parents live in Oklahoma. And okay. so I've been in Oklahoma since I was in the fourth grade. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I graduated from, I went to OU and then I graduated from UCO with a, um, God, I don't even remember my degree. <laughs> public relations, essentially. Yeah. I've never used my degree once. Public relations. Yeah. I and then, you can use it. I mean. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, most of what I feel like I've learned has been self-taught or mm-hmm. taught by people around me, which yeah. is really cool. I feel like a lot of the lessons that I've learned and a lot of the career paths that I've gone has Mm -hmm. been surprisingly nothing from college, but that's a whole nother tangent that I could go on. Um, but yeah, so I graduated and then what did I do after that? Oh, I worked at Apple for five years. That was pretty cool. That's a big deal. Worked at the Apple store met some amazing people, a lot of amazing creatives, just some really awesome people. Um, and then after I left Apple, I started friendly tech, which was a little company that it was just a little tech company that I had started. I still kind of do stuff with it. Nothing crazy, Mm -hmm. but did that for a little bit. And then shortly after that, I worked for an interior designer, which was really, that was a very challenging part of my life. It was really cool, but definitely something I'd never been in before. And it took me by a whirlwind. 
I left there shortly after that and kind of went on a six-month hiatus where I just was trying to figure it out and didn't really know what I want. And then I went to New Zealand mm-hmm. with my best friend to visit my best friend's sister, and it was just like a life-changing experience. It was yeah. just, I guess I hadn't done life like that before, and I'd not been that far from home before. Mm-hmm. We were gone for three weeks. It was two weeks in New Zealand, one week in Australia. And it was like such a life-changing trip. And it just put things into perspective. Like, I'm so minuscule Mm -hmm. in comparison to how big this world is. Like, I'm just grateful to be here. You know, just having that gratitude. And so... Anyways, came back to the States, felt brand new. Two months after that, I left for Turkey and Italy with my my parents and my sister, and that was the first family trip we'd ever gone on, so that was really cool. That was, yeah. Um, and then that was, of course, another exhilarating experience because how little am I compared to the world? But after that, we I got back, and then literally while I was in, um, I remember this like yesterday, I was sitting on the doorstep in, or the windowsill in Italy, and my now bosses, um, Megan called me and she was like, hey, um, we just wanted to extend this offer to you. And so then that was my foot into the cannabis industry, gotcha. which is what I do now. I'm a manager yeah. at a cannabis industry or a dispensary. Yeah. But yeah. That's a lot. That is a lot. There's yeah. so much to talk about. And I can't, I'm glad you did that because there's a few <laughs> things I forgot, which now we're going to talk about, which is great. But so... Why did family move here from Pakistan when you were four? So my dad... And I guess act- why specifically Oklahoma? Well, so my dad was in the hotel management industry. Okay. And when I was actually born, he was in Italy. Mm-hmm. And so he came back. We were there for four years. And if you know anything about the Middle East, they don't, they aren't very women friendly. Mm-hmm. And so my yeah, dad just wanted us... still very old school. Yeah. And so my dad wanted us to be able to come to America and have literally live the American dream. Yeah. And he wanted us girls to have more of an opportunity and be able to go to school um, equally. And, you know, just all the things that yeah. you want as a immigrant for your kids when you come to America. But yeah, so that's what brought us to Virginia at first. And then my dad had gotten into a really bad car accident and it was life threatening. And then I don't, I feel like it was like a couple years we were in Virginia before we moved mm-hmm. to Oklahoma and then it was another job that brought him here but yeah. then he actually ended up retiring shortly after because he just couldn't do it yeah. his body was just way too weak and so yeah we've just stayed in Oklahoma yeah. ever since so you grew up predominantly in Oklahoma mm-hmm. yeah in Edmond set your roots in Edmond yep which must have been like and I know we share this being like the immigrant culture and understanding how blessed we are and how awesome the opportunities are here especially now that you've traveled more that you oh, understand yeah. it like mm-hmm. this place is just you know, I said this the other day, regardless of who is in power and whatever the government does, this place is still some one of the best yeah, countries in the oh world my gosh, yeah. because of the opportunity. Yeah. Uh, so you grew up in Edmond and you basically have an Oklahoma upbringing. Mm-hmm. Edmond changes a ton since you've been there and you go to UCO. Yes. Right? So I actually started off at OU. Okay. And if you know me, you know that anytime I step foot into Norman, it gives me really bad anxiety, <laughs> which is so weird. But um, yeah, so growing up in Edmond, I honestly used to hate living in Edmond. Yeah. I was like... I cannot wait because my sister was always in New York since mm-hmm. I since she was 18. My sister is exactly 10 years older than me, 10 years and some months. Yeah. And so I was eight. She was 18. She left for New York. So for me, it's like, oh, my gosh, my sister is like, the. I mean, she still Living is the, the coolest. Yeah, yeah, she's the coolest person ever. She does the cool stuff. Yeah. But um, so I always knew I wanted to move to a coast and that was my thing. But honestly, it didn't really take for until I really got into the cannabis industry for me to love my state. Okay. Because it just... There's just so much community here and you see it. And I've, I mean, I've always loved Oklahoma and I knew I would always come back here if I ever did move away, Mm -hmm. but 
after really getting into the industry, seeing the community, seeing the people and just how together everyone is, it's like, this is home. I'm never leaving Oklahoma. I can always go fly away. And like, even if I'm gone for a month or two, but this will always be home base. Oh yeah. Oklahoma's dope. I love it. It's, it's a special place. And it's hard to explain that to people who haven't traveled, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're like, if you've never been out of the country, never been out of state or, you know, just haven't left your town, which Mm -hmm. sadly some Oklahomans like don't have a luxury or they haven't, they just, they just don't like to go anywhere. Uh, You know, they don't realize that like, how good it is here and how nice people are especially when you go to New York and people are like not opening doors for you oh my gosh not at all and when I say thank you people look at me crazy I mean even my sister though she's like she's always been like you need to move out of Oklahoma you have so much more potential like there's so much more out there and I'm like I know there is I'm fully aware of that and but just there's something about Oklahoma like if once you're here and you've been grounded here and you go see other stuff and you come back Mm. there's just I think of Oklahoma, and I might be naive to this, but as a little bubble, yeah. it's a lot worse than a lot of other places. And I'm grateful to be with the people that I'm surrounded with and the community that we have here and the support and love mm-hmm. that we have here. You know, it's awesome. Yeah, I love it Oklahoma. Is. It's good. So so you go to OU and then you go to UCO mm-hmm. um, to do, you said event, not event, what was it? Public relations. Public relations yeah. stuff. Uh, are you working at Apple while you're in school? Yes. So okay. I worked at Apple for five years yeah. um, the whole time I was in school. And it was working at Apple really changed me Okay. Um, in the coolest way. So if you knew me prior to working at Apple, I was super shy in my bubble, didn't really mm. like do anything I mean, not that I do anything bad now, but I was just like a very, very straight reserved. edge kid. Yeah, yeah, very reserved. wasn't very outgoing, yeah. nothing like that. I wanted to be, but I just wasn't. Yeah. Um, and then working at Apple, they train you in such a way and you have to be, you have to be able to adapt and mold uh-huh. and you have to be able to take people's, am I allowed to cuss yeah. on here? Yeah, <laughs> You're like, I'm allowed to take, yeah. yeah, like you have to take people's but also yeah. like you have to have that empathy and compassion. And I, it helped me learn a lot of traits and values that I've still kept till okay. this day, which is really cool. Cause you never from, I mean, your first big job, you never really, right. I mean, you remember it, but it's always but like, it's how like much do you really take in? Job, exactly. Right? Like I want to make some money and it's a cool opportunity because I work at Apple. Exactly. I mean, it was retail and retail is not glamorous yeah. by any means, but working at Apple was one of the coolest experiences in the world. And I'm so grateful. And like I said, I met some of the coolest mm-hmm. people. And now those same people that I worked side by side are doing like cooler things than I am. And it's yeah. so just awesome to see. That's and awesome. everything started at Apple. And so, I mean, Apple is a big part of who I am and how I became just with the culture and the people and just everything about that job. And even like customers that came in, I Mm. like have long-term relationships with them. And some of them ended up being my clients when I started my business, which is cool. That's awesome. Were you into tech growing up then? Kind of. Yeah. I still remember my brother getting me my first Dell. Um, and I would always be on that thing. Like I would always be trying to teach myself how to like hack into people's emails, like weird (laughs) stuff. But like, again, I was super super reserved, like didn't really go hang out with friends. I didn't really start hanging out with people till like probably the fifth or sixth grade. Okay. And like really got out of my shell and started like having friends over and going to do things. But other than that, I was, if people didn't invite me, I would never actively go seek friends because I didn't want to see 
needy, I guess, okay. you know, yeah, it was yeah, weird, yeah. weird kid things. But even since I was a kid, I remember my mom saying you would never go play with other little kids until you were invited to go play, Yeah, which is so weird. That's that. Is that just because of the culture you kind of, I don't no, know, like bringing from mom and dad or what or was no, that just, you, just I you, just was so reserved and I can still be way? like that sometimes. Yeah. It's like, I'm comfortable with silence. And yeah. so when like I meet new people and I'm not a big small talker, I hate yeah. small talk. Yeah, so I when I meet new people, it's yeah. like, I'm comfortable with that silence. So when they're not, it's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm not really good at small talk, so I don't really know what to talk to you about. Yeah. But yeah. That's probably why you and Nick go so well together. Oh, it's perfect. Right? Yeah. Because like Literally. there's times where he can like be super outgoing it's and friendly. It's all the time. And times Literally when we're in public, I'm like, but sometimes he shuts cool, down, you got right? this. Yeah. And sometimes you're just like, I'm going to text you and I don't hear from you for five days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which for people watching and listening, if you know, Nick Brown is notorious for not texting you, you back know, for five days. If you know, then you know. Yeah. It's like, uh, we just say it's nothing personal. Just, yeah, of you course. know, it just is what it is. Yeah. The first time I was like, why it's really hard to get hold of and then yeah. you're like no it's just the way it is yeah, it's totally exactly. fine uh, appreciate you Nick if you're watching and listening <laughs> uh, so Got yeah blasted. so you're at Apple you're learning all this stuff and like they're basically unlocking you to becoming mm-hmm. more outgoing uh, and then you graduate and think do I want, even want to use this degree like yeah so I graduated and then I there was a huge at the time um Apple had something called one-to-one training okay. which was you paid $99 for a year and you un- essentially got unlimited training classes and you could go up there could, you could learn yeah. like if you were working on projects you could learn how to do those they sure. would help you there was creatives there to do that yeah. so that was a big thing and then the year before I left, Apple stopped doing that. And so then they just okay. did free workshops to the public, which those were harder because it's not one-on-one training. Right. And with the, when you paid for the one-to-one program, you could do like workshop type classes, but mm-hmm. you could also do like individual one-on-one. Yeah. And so that was a big change for the, lot. especially for the older crowd, yeah. which is, a, that was my target market. Yeah. And so, you know, I just observed and I knew, so after you work at Apple for five years, you get a plaque. Okay. Which is really cool. And then 10 years, you get something. So every five yeah. years, you get something. And I knew I wanted to stay at Apple for my five years because, I mean, I'm a f- Apple fangirl, I'll, I'll admit it. And yeah. um, I, I had to have it. Like, that was my goal, and I mm-hmm. knew it. And so this was year four, four and a half. And I was like, okay, like, I know I have to stay here for another six months. Um, I knew that I was about to, you know, graduation was just around mm-hmm. the corner. And we, yeah. And so I was in the midst of all of that. I was scheming. Yeah. And then I started Friendly Tech. I was kind of doing stuff in the background because, of course, it was conflict of interest. Of course, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was but anything an big. Yeah, it wasn't were, anything big. I was yeah. just observing and seeing and listening to what customers were saying yeah. and the feedback that they had in regards to not having the one-to-one program, et cetera. So then I had started Friendly Tech shortly after I left Apple. I still remember my clap out. So when you leave Apple, it's like a big thing. They make an announcement and like, all the customers in the store like stop and they're like, Hey, like so-and-so is leaving. They've been here for X amount of time. And we just like, you know, to have everyone join us in a clap out. And so I still remember my clap out. (laughs) They Um, clapped you out of the store. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's kind of (laughs) exhilarating. Um, but yeah, so I had that and then started my journey of being an entrepreneur, which honestly was very hard. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was just very difficult. And I remember like, I mean, if you, you're an entrepreneur, you know, like yeah. you're barely making it by half the time. And so I did that for a little bit and it was really good. And I had some awesome clients, but 
I just like would kind of dip in and out of it. Like my heart would be in it, but like not really. It's something I know I'm really good at, but I'm like, is this like really what I want to do? No, like it just was. So then that interior design job came up and that was a really cool experience. It was probably some of the hardest work I've done because it, it was in a field that I'd never been in before and right. I just kind, kind of got thrown in. Did that come through a client? Like, were they clients? Kind of, yeah. Okay. So I actually met, um, I met the lady I worked for. I met her husband at mm-hmm. the Apple store okay. and like we clicked, we hit it off super quick yeah. and um, we became pretty close. And then, so they hired me out for some tech work and okay. then one of the girls left and it just, I just ended up transitioning in. So it kind of worked out perfect. Yeah. So I did that for about eight months okay. and then it just wasn't my thing. My anxiety was so high all the time because I was a project manager and uh-huh. like office manager too. And there was just so many moving parts to that. Sure. And you have to be a very detail oriented person, mm-hmm. which I am in stuff that I love and my passions. But if it's not yeah. my passion, then it's like, I don't really care. It's just <laughs> yeah. stress and yeah. anxiety all the time. And yeah. so I just wasn't mentally in a good place when I worked at that job just because of the, you know, all the things and I felt like I was a failure mm-hmm. because I couldn't live up to my own standards, let alone my boss's standards. Yeah. And, you know, it just wasn't for me. So we went our separate ways and everything was cool. And then just started like a, that was in probably July yeah. of 2009, no, 2018. That no. was during, I mean, the people that you worked for were pretty famous for a TV show, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. Um, that was really cool. Are we allowed to say? Yeah. I'm just trying to be discreet. But yeah, yeah no, it was, it was really if cool. If you watched it, I can't remember <laughs> what it was called, but it was on it was about Sweet Home. Sweet Home. There yeah, you go. And you made Sweet some Home. TV debuts, right? Yeah, that was really cool. That was definitely a bucket list check off. I yeah. always told myself when I was younger, I'm going to make it on TV like one way or another. Yeah. And that was really cool to be yeah. able to like show that back to my kids and be like, yo, your yeah. mom was on TV. I was actually on TV. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of a big deal. Um, but yeah, that was really cool. And I actually ended up doing some camera work for them too so like it was dope to play both sides because okay. I got to be on TV but then I got to do the background stuff because when they were it. gone like I got to do um, I did all the time lapses the GoPro stuff and so yeah. I was their person in obviously here that went out and did everything Yeah. so it was cool to play both sides of it and I got to experience both sides so yeah I did that for a little bit Yeah. and was it chaos? no, no. Uh, well uh, no no No. Actually, honestly the people that we worked with they were some of the coolest people. Like I still follow a lot of them on Instagram. We're yeah. still like, we still keep in touch and they're on complete opposite coasts, but it's so cool that we yeah. got to meet through that experience. Um, but yeah, that was a very random time. It's really yeah. cool to reflect it's, on now. You're right. Cause you like, whoops, you throw it in there, you know, like you have all this stuff, you're super into tech and you do all this, like you work at Apple and then I don't know, you're like, there's an interior designer job here, yeah. which also revolves around tech because you're doing GoPro and camera stuff. But still, it's like, it's such a random. It's so which random. I'm sure you grow, you grew and learned so much during oh that time. Oh my gosh. Oh my right? gosh. So much. Like, yeah, it was, it was definitely one of the most challenging jobs I've ever worked, yeah. but it taught me so much in the eight months that I was there. And then I obviously I got to be on TV. So that was really cool. It yeah. was just a nice little cherry on top. But yeah, it was awesome. The people, I mean, I still talk to my old boss all the time. She's mm-hmm. really cool. We're still cool. Um, but and yeah. And she's a very good designer in her suit. Oh, her she's right. phenomenal. I mean, very, she's very like, good. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. She's killing it. And ever since the TV show, she's just like leveled up. And I'm like, Great. how do you do that? Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. you're already so good. But yeah. So did that. And then kind of just went on like a... From July, I want to say this was 2018. Yeah. 
from July to January, that was my birthday month, I was just kind of in like a, not a spiral, but like I just wasn't in a good headspace mentally because mm-hmm. I didn't know. I mean, if you know me, you know I put a lot of pressure on myself and I feel like that might be the immigrant yeah. in me. I, I would, yeah, and I, it's the uncertainty of like not having a plan and not going somewhere. And I'm sure then like parents, even though they oh, don't yes. mean it and they yes. don't intend to oh be this gosh, way, yes. they ask the they uh, ask the questions that they want to the ask, way. but in the wrong way. Uh, it's the, immi- yes. you're right, it's totally the immigrant side of things. <laughs> yeah. And it's, for people listening, the equivalent of it is basically asking, having your grand or uncle ask you when you're having kids. Literally. Right? But it's about, or when it's, are you getting married? Yeah, or why, didn't you, why weren't you a doctor or a lawyer? Exactly. Like, it's just yeah. all the things. But I just knew that that was never for me. I was never yeah. a book learner. I was never, I barely, I feel like I barely made it through school without struggling because tests weren't my thing. Like that's just not how I learn. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the stuff that I did learn and all the traits I did acquire, it was through the people who were teaching me because I got to be hands-on and physical with it. And so I got to feel what I was doing and that muscle memory ingrained into me versus teachers just throwing tests at me and me not learning. Right. And so... Anyways, that six, whatever, how many, however many months that is, yeah. I was um, just not like just barely trying to make by job wise. And then doing and, friendly tech stuff. Yeah. Still okay. doing friendly tech yeah. stuff and doing just other little side hustles. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the midst of all of this, um, one of my best friends, Brooklyn, had moved to New Zealand with um, a guy she had recently started dating. Yeah. He was Scottish. Um, so they moved to New Zealand and her little sister, Baylor, who is also one of my best friends, uh, she was like, we should go to New Zealand. I was like, why Let's not? Let's do it. I was like, yeah. why not? I have nothing no tied me here. Now. Like, I need some sort of exhilarating experience. And so booked our tickets, worked my ass off for a couple months just to be able to afford this trip. Yeah. And in... January, we left for New Zealand and we landed the day before my, the night before my birthday, which was like the perfect time. And did you technically go back, you go forward in time? They're seven, Forward, yeah. They're a whole day. Right? Yeah, yeah, they're a whole day so ahead, actually, essentially. Yeah, which is so weird when you come it's crazy. back. Because so when I got you two come birthdays. back, you literally land the day. Yeah, you, you left. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I got two birthdays, which was awesome. Because yeah. I had a New Zealand birthday, and then I had an American birthday, yeah. which was really cool. But yeah, so did that. And um, so it was me, Neil, Brooklyn, and Baylor. And we didn't have a plan. We didn't have anything booked. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it was so exhilarating, was because we yeah. went there. The only thing we had booked was an Airbnb for the couple nights we were going to be in Auckland for my birthday and that was like it we Mm -hmm. didn't even have like because we knew we were going to go to the South Island too we didn't even have those flights booked like nothing was booked except for me and Baylor coming to New Zealand for two weeks and then we were going to go to Australia which that was already booked too yeah but so we get there that Airbnb is booked and so then we rent a car which was the other only thing that was booked and we drove up the coast and as we're driving we just decided what town we wanted to stay in and I would hop on and literally book that day of and it was it was awesome because it was every day was an uncertainty but we probably within one day of driving we would hit four or five different beaches Mm. just driving from like it's unreal it's magical like I if I could live there I would do it And, and the good thing is it's not um, it's not a big country. No, not at all. Right? And like, you know, and I, I mean, I I haven't been there, but I, I have a friend who lives there and I've seen enough videos and stuff like that to know that like, I actually have two friends that live there. Um, it's such a cool place. It's unreal. Do you go to any rugby games while you were there? No. So we, I don't think rugby was happening. No. May, I don't, I don't know. I think we were going to try to, but yeah. it was just with all that we wanted to do. Because it would have been this summertime, right? 
Yeah, Maybe? we went. Yeah, yeah, we went prime summer because yeah. January is our prime summer. Yeah. yeah, so we drove up the coast and we went to the very Cape Rango was the very tip and mm-hmm. it was unreal. Loved it. And then we drove back down, went to the airport, and this was like probably five, four or five days that we did that in. And yeah. then we flew down to the other island. And we're in Queenstown for probably, I would say, five days. Mm -hmm. And then we flew up to Wellington because Brooklyn and Neil, at the time, they were working for these people. We went to their town and, like, ate at their restaurant. And, like, we got to meet all of their people, which was so cool. That's the best thing is going to hang out with actual, like, you you don't get the tourist vibe. You get the real New Zealand experience. Yes, which was awesome. We, I mean, they'd been there for long enough to be able to, you know, develop relationships and know what's good. And they'd seen the, like... the island enough so it was really cool getting to meet their people and the relationships that they had developed and I mean now I still follow some of them on Instagram which is cool just to keep up with you know or like literally we met two different people we were in I still remember this like yesterday we were sitting on the beach in Queenstown and I said the word y'all because no nowhere else in the world says y'all I was like y'all are crazy or something like that and the girl to my left was like excuse me did you just say y'all and I go yeah she goes Oh my gosh. She was like, I haven't heard that. So this girl, her name was Amy. She was in Texas. She lived in Texas and she came to New Zealand to do a solo trip because she was in a similar place like me where she just needed to get out and like she was big into yoga. And so she just came on on a whim by herself, was there for three or four months and was just traveling the country alone. And as soon as I said, y'all, it was like a piece of home for her. And so she came and hung out with us the whole time we were in Queenstown. And yeah. I mean, I still follow her. She lives in Oregon now. That's and sick. we still keep in touch, but it was just so random seeing Such a piece, a like world. somebody like so close to my hometown yeah. in New Zealand. And now we're Literally still- Literally the other yeah, end of the world. It was awesome. But then, so shortly after we did all that, we went to Australia and that mm-hmm. was kind of the tail end of our trip. We were tapped out of money. We were exhausted from all the travels. It was, we were just, me and Baylor were just barely making yeah. it by. Melbourne, I will say, and maybe it's because we didn't get to go branch out into Australia because we didn't have one enough time, two enough money, mm-hmm. but it was nothing like New Zealand. Yeah. And as a nothing. country, it's massive, isn't it? There's nothing in the And the people, the middle. they're just so pretty yeah. that they know they're so pretty. Like literally some of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life, but yeah. they don't even look at you twice because they don't have to because they're so pretty. Because they're I'm walking like, okay. models. Yeah. Literally. And I'm like, okay, this is crazy. Yeah. But uh, that was really awesome. That was a nice little cap to our trip. And then, yeah, we came back to America. Yeah. And then two months later, I jet set it again. So that was 2019 was a good year for me to start off my cannabis industry journey because it was I got a lot of like clarity and just a lot of things that I needed and then I dove right in and here I am now so you come back then you you come back uh, for a few months and then you do the whole family trip for the first time. Yeah, so I had never gone on a trip with my parents in my yeah. whole life except for when we came to America. Which, that's an immigrant thing too, isn't it? Yeah, we don't really like, do like you don't family do trips. Big... We don't do like, it's just that stuff's not a thing. Yeah. I feel like that's definitely more Western thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, so my sister booked us a trip and we got to go to Italy and Turkey and it was cool to be in Rome because like I said before, my dad lived in Rome when I was okay. born. And a lot of the things that he was pointing out, like the road that was in front of the Colosseum used to never be there. And so he, his last time in Italy was in the nineties, Okay, right when I was born. And then he flew back shortly after that. And so he hadn't been back since. So obviously all the development and stuff was new to him. Yeah. 
but also it was great to see him come back and be like and kind of be your tour guide I guess yeah. and oh, yeah. hear all these stories from yeah. your dad yeah and so yeah. when we were in the Coliseum he was telling me all these stories and it was just really cool to mm. be there with my dad it was a lot of nostalgia yeah. and so my dad's actually 78 and mm-hmm. I'm 28 and so there's a 50 year difference yeah. between us so I'm the youngest by a lot and so it's just cool to see it was cool to do that because I feel like that was like we probably won't get to do that right, again, you know? Of course, yeah. And so it was just deal. really cool to be in my dad's element with him and learning from him. And yeah. even when we went to the Vatican, like that was awesome. And it was just really cool to do that with my parents. Yeah. I, it was a once in a lifetime experience for and sure. Italy's like, Italy's beautiful, but it's also crazy at the same time. Like, it's kind like, of grungy. Yeah, they it's drive kind of, like yeah, Muppets. Yeah, like, and they love fast cars, but they also will drive their slow car as fast as they can. Yes, yeah. Uh, it was um it was beautiful. There was a lot of cobblestone and yeah. I did not know that cobblestone would hurt your feet so much, but oh, holy yeah. freaking cow. Yeah, you don't want to be walking in flip flops oh on cobblestone. Any, literally yeah. I did not pack the right shoes and yeah. by the end of the day I was wrecked. I was so wrecked. But yeah, Italy was awesome. It was really cool to be there also and soak in just all the history mm. and like walking through the Vatican and being like just Hundreds looking around and being old, like that and just yeah. somebody did this like somebody was talented enough to do this and art like that isn't really a thing these days yeah. you know yeah. and now it's more just people have put more like I feel like life culture music mm-hmm. but back then it was just history yeah. that's all they had history to play off art, of yeah it. history and art and so I feel like it was just it was really cool being there yeah it's it, and back to what you said earlier like traveling and getting a bigger world view and realizing like how kind of small we are and the lives that we live in like the little communities that we have and just how big the world is out there it's crazy like it's huge I mean it's awesome yeah I love it's, it yeah but at the same time, like having that appreciation for it and then, you know, like total reset. What was Turkey like? Do you go to northern Turkey or southern Turkey? So we went to Istanbul. Okay. Yeah. And so with my parents, since they are so old and have health health problems, we had to keep all of our trips very minimal yeah. in movement, yeah. which kind of sucked because, of course, I'm so young that I'm like, I want to go explore everything. Yeah. But we couldn't do that, which is okay because yeah. the trip was about being with my family, not so mm-hmm. much like exploring. But... Yeah, it was, Turkey was beautiful. We stayed in Istanbul. Um, our hotel was really cool. The places we ate were, were amazing. Yeah. Turkish food is so good. It's just like, it's similar to Mediterranean food, but it's so simple and yeah. so flavorful at the same time. A lot of like charcoal chicken. Ugh, so good. Like kebabs, yeah. right up my alley. But it was really cool. It was beautiful, the architecture there. It was a lot different. So a lot of the mm. mosques were stunning. Um the people were so nice. The animals, there were so many stray dogs there. But so what's cool about Turkey is that the country takes care of the strays. Yeah. So the strays are vaccinated. Like they're, they're good. They're yeah. good. They're healthy. And they're just taken care of. They just wander and live their best life. They all have tags on them so that they know they're vaccinated and they're yeah. like healthy dogs. But they literally just live their best lives. So I saw like... I don't even know. I saw Dalmatians. I saw German Shepherds. I saw Golden Retrievers. Like some of the most beautiful dogs yeah. just wandering, living their best life. And all the shop owners would feed them. So they were always taken care of. Which, right. how cool is that, that a country does that? I had yeah. no idea that they did that till I was there. And I was like, what? Mm. So freaking cool. Yeah, because like you don't, it, because everybody feeds them. They're not just like tied to one spot. No. It's like when you feed a cat, you're like, oh, he's going to come back. Yeah, you no, know? they literally everywhere. They were Everywhere I could show you pictures. It was so yeah. cool. And they would just be sitting like on these beautiful big uh, hills just yeah. looking over and you would just see one random dog's head little peeking. It was so cute. I would definitely go back yeah. to Turkey. It's so, awesome. So what you said earlier, you're in Italy, you get this phone call. Hey, would you like to come and work with us and have this opportunity? 
and come but that's when I guess Oklahoma's laws are starting to like so drop this and was, cannabis is coming from the coasts to Oklahoma? Yeah, so this was April 2019 and if I'm correct, it had just been legalized. The bill had just been passed yeah. in 2018 of December mm-hmm. and that's when all the stuff started like popping up. Maybe right. a little bit before that, but things started popping up very fast. Yeah. But yeah, so I'd gotten a call and I was like, hey, can I just think on this for a day? And she was like, well, we need to know soon. So I'll call mm-hmm. you back tomorrow. And I was like, yeah. okay. So I remember talking to my sister about it. And this was one night her and I went out on our own and just were doing our things. We needed a break from our parents. And uh, I was like, hey, you know, I got this job and I got this offer and the pay's really good. And, you know, what do you think? It's in yeah. the cannabis industry. And I love my sister. She's awesome. And the story comes to a good ending, yeah. not ending, but like it comes to a good thing. But she at the is, time, she's 10 years older than she's, you. She's yeah, an older she's very, And she's yeah. always been in corporate, like she's corporate minded and that's okay. just the industry she's been in. So sure. my sister is a line producer at HBO, okay. which is really freaking cool. Yeah, that is cool. My sister's a badass. Yeah. Um, but she um, has always worked for corporate. She's always like literally lived that immigrant, li- immigrant woman life where she's worked her ass off to get yeah. where she needs to Deserves be. Because everything she has. Especially yeah. in the... Um, entertainment industry because all you see is predominantly white males, right? right? And so my sister's done so many cool things, but of course in her mind, she wants her sister, you know, to do like similar things that she's doing, you know, flourish. And we just flourish very different ways. And I have such a different mindset than my siblings. Mm -hmm. I am like the black sheep of my family. (laughs) I was about to say. And I am so okay with that. I am so okay with that. The first thing that's coming to my mind is like the typical younger sibling is just like the, oh, she's just running free spirit, doing what she wants. 100% I'm the free spirit of the family. But yeah, so she was like, no, because if you ever want to get a corporate job, like what will people say? You're working at a dispensary. It doesn't look good, la, la, la. And I was like, okay. You know, I took it with salt or grain. Of course, it wasn't, it didn't make me happy, but I was like, you know what? Yeah. I respect what you're saying. Yeah. We just are in very different wavelengths and it's okay that you don't understand me yet, but yeah. you will. Yeah. And so I took the job. Yeah. Didn't tell anybody in my family. Yeah. Didn't tell my mom, didn't tell my dad and my siblings. Nobody knew. And my parents, my mom didn't know for two months until I finally was like, okay, well, like I'm, wor- I'm working like a dog. Like, what am I supposed to say? You know? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, I told my mom, and she's like, okay, what's the pay? You know, whatever. And so she wasn't happy about it, but she was like, okay, like, Understand. you know, you, you have yeah. a job, like, yeah. and this is your second salary job. Like, let's just see. Yeah. Are you going to tell your dad? No. Okay. So mom <laughs> lied to dad for a little bit for me. And then it was about another month. So three months in, two months in, I told my mom, three months in, I told my dad. My siblings have no idea. Yeah. I told my dad, he was actually pretty how, cool about like, it. How was, how did you tell your dad? Like, how did that conversation go? I think my mom kind of broke the ice for me, yeah. but... At that point, I think it was just like, okay, she hasn't had a job for a little bit. Like, Mm. she's kind of been in this weird place. Like, maybe this will be good for her type thing. And here's the thing is, for them and for a lot of immigrant Mm -hmm. parents, it's just the idea of getting high, but it's not that at all. You can still use cannabis without having any psychoactive properties or feel anything. Mm -hmm. And so, but then... It's a lack of knowledge, right? And yeah. so I was like, okay, they can say what they want, but I will come back and I will combat this, yeah, right? Yeah. And so all this time, where I work is really cool because we're so big on education and we got drilled so much education that I I don't know everything, but I know a lot yeah, to be yeah. able to talk to somebody who's completely against it, right. you know, and, and have the, that kind of bad, like view that everyone who doesn't understand it would initially have, exactly. especially the older generation. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Especially immigrants. Right. They're impossible sometimes. But yeah. anyway, so my dad was cool. And then a couple months later, my siblings found out and I don't think that they were thrilled about it. I think yeah. the whole idea was what will people think? 
which is very that's a an very that's an immigrant thing too. Yeah, and yeah. really, a lot of Asian families do that. What will people think? And okay. I that is like, I hate that question because I'm yeah. not here for people. I'm living yeah. for me. Yeah, um, and people need to worry about their own kids, you know. But yeah. it's a very immigrant thing. But um, so as all this is happening, you know, I am also suffering. So anxiety had kind of kicked in the summer before that when I was going through my own hard time before I went to New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I really started feeling my anxiety more. I'd never Mm -hmm. gotten tested for it because what was I going to do? Go to the doctor. They're going to say, here's some Xanax. And and I don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want. Or you get addicted to it. Exactly. And I don't like, that's just not my way. I've, I mean, I will barely take Advil migraine Mm -hmm. unless like I'm on my last straw and I'm like, I can't do this anymore because I will always want a natural way. I don't like putting stuff in my body. And that's just me. Everyone, you know, everyone's different. But anyway, so I, Every time I went, I went home, talked to my mom, I would always educate her a little bit. Yeah. This is what this did for me. This is how I'm doing this, you know, yeah. like, and so as that happened, I slowly started opening up about me, my consumption. And, you know, I use it for my migraines and I right. use it for my anxiety because anxiety doesn't knock on the door and say, hey, I'm here. She yeah. just shows up, you right. know, and so yeah. and and sometimes anything. you don't even notice what it is because you're working so hard or you're working. It just kind of comes in around a bunch of other things and, and you don't yeah. realize what it is because it's kind of masked by different things. Exactly. And that literally was this whole week yeah. for me me this whole last week was nothing but anxiety this is like the only day I felt normal this week which is yeah it's been it's been good but yeah yeah, so started opening up up about that and I mean we still would have conversations and this is up until like last December you know you need to find a better job like you you know this is this what you really want to do la 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 and I don't think my parents understood until they met, met my bosses okay how amazing they are yeah that it it really clicked for them so you work for people and then you like work for people and working mm-hmm. for people is just not like, you know, going to work, getting paid, doing the thing, but not really yeah. getting, not no having your cup with filled. your bosses or whatever. Yeah. Not, you don't like, leave yeah. with a full cup. Yeah. I work for people who, first of all, like let me have as much of their baby yeah. as they do because they trust me with their baby, you know, mm-hmm. like it's really cool getting to grow with them and there's so much mentorship that comes with Mm -hmm. it. There's so much they've poured into us and that in itself, I feel like my parents saw a huge change with. So after they met Brandon, they haven't met Megan yet, but they met Brandon, who's also a chiropractor. And so after they did that, it clicked. And so my mom's been going to see Brandon. She's been getting adjusted for like four months now. And for the last four months, it's finally clicked a little bit more. And so it kind of goes full circle, right? Like he's chiropractic's pretty holistic and natural and she's been going and she sees the benefits that he's been like, you know, giving her and helping her with. And then you throw a little bit of cannabis in there. And so she's had some, um, actually like prime example. Yeah. Yeah. So my parents actually got into a really, not a bad, but it was a pretty decent car accident. They're a lot older. My grandma's in her nineties. It was my dad. This is a reoccurring theme, right? Yeah. (laughs) Boy. Um, (laughs) so in the car with Sal's parents. Actually, this was somebody else's fault, but they, this was back in March and they got, wait, yeah, this is back in March and they got into a decent sized car accident. And, um, my dad was in a lot of pain when we got home that night mm-hmm. and he didn't want to take, my dad's like me. And he's like, I don't want to take any medicine. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't know what the side effects right. are. I don't know what's in it. And I'm like, no. yes, you are my dad. And so I was like, do you want a gummy? And so he was like, I'm in so much pain right now. Like I will try anything. Yeah. And so that was the first experience. And I was like, I'll do it with you. And so that was the first time I got to consume with my father, yeah. which is really cool. And not that it was anything crazy, but it was just the fact that he was open enough to yeah. want to try it. And then soon after came my mom and my mom's first time wasn't great because she 
user error. That was on her. I always say yeah. that that was your bad. Like, don't blame the plant because she used cannabis on an empty stomach. And just like any medicine, it's you have to idea. have you have to eat something before you consume. Okay. And so she didn't have a good experience, was having really bad anxiety. My my dad and my grandma were making it worse. So she calls me freaking out. And I'm like, oh, God. So I go home and, like, calm her down, whatever. Yeah. But pretty up until recently, um, they have patches, which you can put on, which are really good for, like, a, for your body, if okay. you have any sort of body. So we've been dipping our toe in that. And that's yeah. been really good. And, like, topicals have been, you know, a thing. But, yeah, now they're yeah. – they, I think they see the passion that I have in the industry. And for the first time and in my adulthood, yeah. What and for the first do. time in my adulthood, I'm very confident in what I'm doing. And yeah. I like will put my foot down and be like, no, you yeah. don't know. And I actually had a conversation with my sister the other day. She was like, Hey, like we were just talking about stuff. And she was like, so like, you know, what's up with your career? Like, how's that going? And I told her, I was like, honestly, I finally found the industry I'm meant to be in. Like, yeah. I know that retail is not the sexiest, no, but I'm learning so much. I mm -hmm. work for amazing people. We're in a time where jobs are so hard to find right now. The yeah. economy's down. And yet I work for people who pay me really well, always make sure I'm taken care of. I get to help people. I get to, yeah. you know, just it's all the things that I want. And money's never been something that stimulates me or drives me. It's people mm -hmm. and serving and giving. Yeah. And if that's how my cup is filled, right? And so n none of that was happening before with tech or anything like that. Yeah. And so I even told her that. I was like, you know, I thought that was going to be my thing for a long time and I chased it for so long. And then now I like, it's, yeah. I still love to do it and it still ties in with what I'm doing, which is cool, mm -hmm. but it's not my thing. Like cannabis is my thing and I am, I am where I'm meant to be yeah. now, which is really well, cool. And, and coming from like tech, it's like tech is known for being like a lonely, dark, kind of not a good mental space, right? Especially if you're in it a lot and you're in your yeah. room and you're building and you're doing coding or whatever. It's like, it's a lonely place and no human interaction. You might be interacting with people across the world via tech, but it's not that human interaction. And it's, yeah. there's a lot of bad things out there about tech and, and, you know, there's mental issues and mental health. But when you come from that side and you understand what you do, I'm sure you have, like I said, you have all your friends from Apple that, that, help out and that are that understand the cannabis side of things now and you're able to help those as well like it's a really yeah, good mix it's honestly it? it's really cool so i have um i'll have a lot of people just randomly hit me up and be like hey Saab, like yeah. it's really cool to see what you're doing like or you know they'll ask advice or mm -hmm. it's just really cool it's just full circle honestly it's yeah. really i love what i do i'm so grateful to be able to do what i do i'm grateful for the people i work with mm -hmm. um it's dope. That's awesome. I love what uh, I do. Yeah. So, I mean, you have a podcast called that cannabis hangout with you and Bran and I mean, it's going really well. I know, uh, you know, it's been awesome to bounce questions back and forth and talk about stuff like that. Uh, where can people go to listen to that, uh, and get involved and learn more about if they're listening and they're like, you know, what, I think I may have anxiety and they're open to trying some stuff. Yeah. So we ha we're on Spotify, we're on Google and we're on, um, Apple podcasts and you can actually listen to our podcast on our website as well. It's yeah. just the cannabis hangout and you can follow us on Instagram. If you ever have questions, please feel free to ask. We're very, um, I mean, we love to educate, but yeah. we also love to be educated. So if you have something that you want to yeah. educate us on, like hit us up where, we're always open. It's yeah. been a really cool journey. I love being in the podcast game. It's different being on the other it's side, though. It's so it? different it's being so on the other weird, side. This it? whole time, like, yeah. my palms are sweating, and I'm like, uh, wow, what's going to be the next question? Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for coming down. It's been awesome. Uh, I'm excited to to kind of, you know, 
see everything grow from here because I know that you're so passionate at it and you found your thing, which is really cool. I'm sure it's great to hear like in immigrant stories as well, yeah. like mom and dad's view of things. And yeah. I know like coming from, you know, my mom and dad on, I, w- I w- don't say don't. I don't think there was intense, but like they definitely asked the questions. Always. The questions you know, like are always the worst asked. time yes. ever. Um, yes. But yeah, I totally understand that. And I'm sure there's people listening that come from immigrant families that understand that as well. Uh, but yeah, thanks for coming down. And for everyone listening, we'll post all the links down below to the website, to your social media as well, so people can follow you and then ask you some advice. But it's been awesome. I'm excited. Thank you, Mike. Let's everyone give a shout out to Mike Kearney for killing yeah. This Is Oklahoma. Trying, trying, <laughs> trying. We're looking, trying to get a podcast van for next year, but we'll see. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yo, uh, I do all about the van life. Yes, all about the van life. Yes. We can Hell do a whole yeah. podcast on that. Oh, yeah. I'm but, down. Um, yeah. Thanks for everyone listening. I'll post all the links down below. And yeah, we'll catch you next episode. Cheers. This podcast was presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, who've been telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online at OklahomaHOF.com and definitely on Instagram at OklahomaHOF. Catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.